0: Time for International News Digest. We begin in the UK. The British Prime Minister, Theresa May, finally laying out her plans for Brexit. This is uh, nearly seven months after the uh, surprising UK vote to withdraw from the European Union. Uh, The uh, results are that it appears Britain will be moving towards this so-called hard brexit meaning the uk wants to quit the eu completely and uh, this would of course have uh, some severe effects uh, both with trade and other issues to give us the analysis on this we're very pleased to have joining us from the university of cambridge a european union law professor Catherine barnard hello hello how are you i'm doing great thank you very much professor a lot of people had been warning about the dire economic consequences of this uh, brexit vote uh, should the uh, leave contingent uh, succeed uh, in your view were those dire predictions more uh, doomsayers or uh, has ha- are there still any legitimate concerns right now
1: well the picture's mixed. On the one hand um, we've got uh, a very good employment rate at the moment and there are indicators that things are looking uh, rather um, good on the economic front. Um, people are still spending money. Um, on the other hand, the pound has fallen quite significantly about 17% and uh, it's likely to feed through to inflation um, in the early part of the new year. Um, Of course, the picture is complicated by the fact that we are still in the European Union. And so the full economic effects of leaving won't be felt for another two years, um, which is when we leave. So actually, it could be said that both sides are right. On the one hand, uh, the leave side was saying, oh, everything's going to be fine because it is at the moment. The remain side will say, yes, um, we're predicting bad economic consequences, but um because we haven't left the European Union at the moment we haven't actually been exposed to those economic consequences.
0: What is your assessment on the plan laid out by Prime Minister uh, Theresa May?
1: Well um from a Leave point of view, um she sent a very clear and positive message that uh, this is a the UK is going to be a global player and uh, we are leaving the european union but we're not leaving uh, the global field on the other hand on the remain side they would say well um, we're leaving the biggest free trade area in a hope to find free trade deals with other parts of the world um, which are much further removed geographically from us and so the message is mixed and also what's com- uh, complicating the uh, picture is that some of the people who voted to leave didn't want to be part of a global system. Their rejection of the EU was uh, basically a rejection of globalization. Mm. And so for them to hear that we're going to be more globalized rather than less globalized is rather worrying.
0: Right. And so when a lot of people talk about a hard exit or a soft Exit. Can you just explain what this means? I understand that uh, the UK, even with countries like South Korea, have already uh, begun preliminary talks on working out some kind of bilateral uh, type of uh, a trade agreement. Is this simply going to be a patchwork of various deals with um, various countries to make sure that uh, the UK's trade interests aren't affected too badly?
1: That's right. Um, So a hard Brexit is one uh, which is what Theresa May now envisages where we leave the single market and just to be clear for your listeners that a single market is where there is free movement of goods, free movement of people, free movement of services and free movement of capital. We're leaving that um, single market. We're also it seems leaving the customs union so therefore the UK goods will be subject to tariffs coming into the EU and EU goods will be subject to tariffs coming into the UK unless she manages to negotiate some sort of customs agreement, which is what she talked about. Um, That's a hard Brexit. A softer Brexit would have um, kept us in at least the customs union or the single market. And as you say, what it means is that there will be a patchwork of free trade deals. Um, Initial discussions have already taken place with countries like Korea, And uh, today, on the day of the inauguration of the new um, U.S. President, um, President President-elect Trump, said very clearly that um, he was keen to enter into a free trade deal with the United Kingdom. But these deals take a long time to negotiate. And if they're done quickly, it would tend to favor, for example, the U.S. and not the U.K. So there is a balance to be struck.
0: Hmm. Uh, The EU also similarly uh, looks set to take a hard line during negotiations. Uh, This timeline that May has envisioned uh, wrapping things up by March 2019 and then have it come to a vote in parliament. In your view, is this feasible in, in terms of how you see the negotiation process playing out?
1: Well, there are two elements um, that need to be balanced. On the one hand, there's the divorce itself, and then secondly, there is the future relationship. Now, Theresa May seems to envisage that both could be wrapped up within the two-year period, and most people think this is not possible. Mm. Uh, The divorce certainly can be done within the two-year period, but negotiating a future relationship is unlikely, not least because the EU is saying at the moment that... um, it will only start negotiations about the future deal once the divorce is over. So in other words, they are sequential rather than contemporaneous um, activities. And so what the real concern is, what happens in the gap, i.e. the period after the divorce, but before the new deal is negotiated. And uh, that um, will take much longer. If Mm. we look at how long it took to negotiate the trade deal between the EU and Canada, the so-called CETA deal, that's taken the best part of nine years. And so what's going to happen in the gap? And that's why she has been talking about some sort of interim measure.
0: Assuming that things go very smoothly and uh, matches the time frame that uh, May has outlined, uh, as far as the uh, parliamentary process is concerned, is it outside the realm of possibility that Parliament may reject the deal?
1: It certainly could do um, if they feel that the deal is poor. But that's a problem because um, once Theresa May has triggered Article 50, the clock starts ticking and it starts ticking down. And um, even if Parliament votes to reject the deal, um, the clock carries on ticking at EU level. And at that point, at the end of the two years the treaty is clear, the treaties cease to apply, and there we have a very messy or disorderly Brexit because nothing has been agreed, and that would be the worst situation for both sides. So unless the um, other side, so unless the EU agrees to extend the two-year period, and that requires a unanimous agreement of the 27 remaining member states, um, if Parliament votes to reject the deal, Um, and the EU doesn't agree to extend the time limit, then we fall out of the EU in a very disorderly manner.
0: The bottom line is, as we've seen with the election of Donald Trump in the United States and uh, what you pointed out, this backlash against globalization in places like the UK, uh, not necessarily uh, fully taking into account some of the ramifications of uh, big decisions like electing Donald Trump or uh, voting leave on Brexit. Uh, there is... A sense of buyer's remorse, I think, uh, on various sides of the aisle with this. In your view, and I know this is impossible to predict, but the political situation may change, governments can change, parliament uh, may change. Is Brexit a fate accompli or do you feel that there are still some moving parts here?
1: There are lots of moving parts. Um, It's a highly complicated, um, multidimensional jigsaw, but certainly the trajectory is clear at the moment that Brexit is going to happen and bar some cataclysmic event that nobody nobody would want, um, the UK is absolutely heading
0: for the door. All right. Well, uh, certainly a situation that will affect uh, not just the UK, but people all over the world, including here in South Korea. As we point out, some negotiations have to be be made on that front as well. We're going to have to leave it there. Thank you so much for joining us, Professor. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. Thank you for your time.